Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi, everyone. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you every week in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager for Island Savings, Carrie Smith, home inspector from Inspect Tech, and the team at Sitka Law Group for your real estate wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs. If you need an opinion from professionals in the areas of insurance, mortgages, building inspection, or legal aspects of your real estate purchase or sale, Denise, Carrie, Carrie, and the Sitka Law Group are great people to chat with. Just visit the CFAX 1070 website. You'll look under Shows to find us. The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. All their contact information is there. Or you can always find me online or on social media. I'd be happy to introduce you. My background as your host for the next hour is as a locally born and raised Victorian. I've been selling homes here since 1991, so it's been over 28 years. I've overseen over 2,500 transactions locally, so I've seen almost every situation you can imagine. Call me if you need a seasonal seasoned professional for your real estate needs. You can contact me again either through the CFAX website or visit my team's website. It's the Prime Real Estate Team. That's primeteam.ca. Development is an aspect here in Greater Victoria that is always a topic of conversation. Of course, we have many different municipalities, 13 municipalities in Greater Victoria here. Uh, We hear from so many people about the cost and the time of doing new developments. And we have with us in the studio today a couple of gentlemen who have just finished a project Um, not a development project, by the way, but working with the city of Port Alberni in creating their new plan for development. So we will have in a studio here, Joe Kalenda with Moto Benny Enterprises and also Michael Nygren. He he is the uh, CEO of district uh, developments out of Vancouver. We'll be talking about what they've done in Port Alberni, maybe learn a little bit about things that can be applied here in Greater Victoria to help us with our housing needs. Because, of course, Victoria has had uh, a number of things happen, not only a white-hot real estate market over the course of the past few years, also a shortage of inventory, a shortage of purpose-built rental housing. Uh, How can developers come here and help produce new stock for Greater Victoria? Let's find out by chatting with these guys. Let's start our show uh, with our usual weekly listener question. If you have a question or curiosity about real estate, give us a call. Our hotline is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or visit us online. Again, cfax1070.com. I'd love to hear uh, about not only your questions, but any stories that you have about real estate. It's always so fun hearing about people's trials and tribulations when they've either bought or sold real estate, even experiences that you've heard of other people. It's such a fun topic to talk about. Uh, This week, I had a conversation with Ellie. Uh, Ellie, of course, thinking about getting into the real estate market but having a real struggle. Um, Her biggest struggle is trying to figure out what type of housing that she wants 
to get into because, first of all, she's qualified. She's gone to her lender. She's gone to the bank. Uh, she is able to spend a certain amount of money, but she hasn't figured out if it's going to be a house, a townhouse, a duplex, or a condo. She does have the price point, uh, the, the budget to afford any of those in different areas of town. Uh, we had a conversation uh, basically about lifestyle, and I wanted to go through it with you here uh, on our episode just talking about it. So first of all, Almost everyone's dream for a first home is to have that house with a white picket fence. Uh, so nice to have, of course, privacy, not sharing any walls with anyone, uh, to be able to do whatever you want with your landscaping, with the exterior of your house, the interior of your house. Uh, no need to have to deal with a strata, which is basically another level of government, as it were, uh, to get approvals for anything uh, as far as renovations are concerned or redecorations. By the way, redecoration, paint, uh, new flooring, obviously you don't need permits. Uh, I just want to step back a little bit here and make sure to clarify that any sort of major renovation, even adding a bathroom to a home, you should, by the way, get a permit through the municipality. But the the dream of owning a home sometimes is scuttered by the amount of work that is required because uh, owning a home does require upkeep. Uh, now, you know, Sometimes if you've never owned a home before, you've not considered the fact that you need to paint the exterior every few years. You need to make sure that your drain tiles are clean uh, to get those um, uh, cleaned out to make sure that you don't have any leakage in a basement or crawl space area. There are uh, a number of other things as well. How is the roof? Uh, the the budget that Ellie has uh, is on an older house, so she might be looking at a house that's got an old roof. Now that is a it can be a large ticket item if it needs to be replaced. Uh, you know, ten thousand dollars very easy to spend. It might be fifteen, might be twenty, depending on the kind of roof. Um, so that's the that's the balance when you look at it. You've got your home. You can do whatever you want but there are a number of maintenance items. Uh, now, how much time are you going to want to spend landscaping? Are you a landscaper? Ellie is not, by the way. Uh, do you feel like... Some people Some people love mowing their lawn, spending that hour or so uh, every week uh, having being in the outdoors. You know, fresh air, the smell of... Uh, cut grass, uh, green running shoes <laughs> that turn green from cut. Some people love that. And if that is your passion, then absolutely you need that house. Uh, in the case of Ellie and many others, uh, it is just another thing that has to be done. And uh, if you are thinking about maybe hiring someone to do that work, it's another cost to consider as well. Now, aside from a single-family home, the other thing that we talked about was maybe a duplex. And this is the case where you would share a wall or, some, or something on your property with a neighbor. Uh, duplexes are sort of like the next step down from detached single-family homes. Uh, generally speaking, have dedicated yard area, although, you know, perhaps smaller. Uh, oftentimes, they are newer uh, if they are newer, they might have a garage. They might have newer building uh, uh, styling and features. Uh, 
it is, however, still a strata. Even though there isn't a strata council, there aren't necessarily strata meetings, it falls under the Strata Properties Act, which means that any sort of exterior work that needs to be done has to be shared with you and your neighbors. So if your neighbor's roof starts leaking, then the entire roof gets replaced and uh, both owners share that cost. Both owners, by the way, also share insurance cost for the structure because it is a shared building. But what you get with a duplex is generally more bang for the buck because you're getting more home than you would have on a detached uh, single-family home. You'll get something that's likely newer. Uh, and uh, again, although it's still a strata, you're not going to be living with a whole bunch of other neighbors around you. Um, townhouses are the next level, and that would be uh, a number of units that are perhaps uh, tied together. Uh, again, you'll get a lot newer townhome in the same price point as a detached single-family home. Uh, you are now talking about strata, so annual general meetings, uh, monthly meetings, minutes, bylaws, financial statements. Uh, you're going to want to look into a depreciation report just to make sure that uh, the strata is budgeting enough money to, for replacement of things like the private road or roofs or exteriors or windows over time. And that leads us to condos, uh, which are by far the most affordable way to get into the marketplace. Uh, you do have your strata. Uh, lifestyle choice is probably the biggest thing with a condo because it is nice if you are a traveler, if you go away for any amounts of time, maybe if you work uh, elsewhere uh, for part of the year, you lock your door and that's it. It's so easy. It's one of the reasons why people love uh, condo living. And the other thing too is it gives you the opportunity, if you are a downtown dweller, to live right downtown, right in the heart of where everything is. So many choices uh, Ellie, and uh, it was a great conversation that we had. And for the rest of the listeners as well, too, I think it re really boils down to lifestyle and exactly how, how you live your life and how you want to enjoy uh, all of your non-working hours. Thanks for your question. And if anyone else would like to call in or have a conversation about real estate, the number is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Uh, or visit the CFAX 1070 website. When we come back, we're having a conversation about the redevelopment process, not only here in Victoria, but what has happened in Port Alberni. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're talking today about some of the great work that can go into developing a community. Uh, with us today uh, in the studio right now is uh, a returning guest, Joe Kalenda. Joe, thanks for coming. Good morning, Tony. All right. Well, listen, we need to tell the listeners about uh, what you have been involved in in the past few months. Yeah, it's actually all about Port Alberni. I was hired to uh, be their interim city planning consultant. People should know, by the way, that you're a, a Victoria local, and yeah. you've done a lot of work in Victoria, but you were yeah. asked to work up there. I'm a, I'm, I'm a city planner here in Victoria, retard. Oh. So they hired me to be the interim city planning consultant because the director of planning and development there, who had been there for 18 years, moved on to Comox Valley Regional District. And uh, so... In between uh, hiring the new planner, they consulted me to help them keep the ship afloat and move some things forward and so on. So in the process, I discovered Port Alberni, and oh my gosh, what a place that is. Yeah, because you were spending like three days a week up there or something, right? Yeah, from uh, October to February, I was there two or three days a week. And yeah. uh, 
uh, just sort of helping them steer the ship and helping with the hiring. But also we, we actually developed a strategy for growing Port Alberni over the next four years, yeah. which, is, which is a fascinating piece of work. And um, they do have a new council as of October 20th and a new mayor. And I think they're going to have a very successful 1,400 days. 1,400 days. Four years, yeah. yes. Well, listen, what I remember, of course, one of the things that we talked about last time you were here mm-hmm. uh, is the importance of making thoughtful decisions in in city planning. Yes. Because, well, how did you put it? You said well, the decisions you make now. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's sort of taking the long view, and this comes from First Nations land theology. It basically... The decisions council makes today, they they will be there for 70 to 100 years, okay? Mm-hmm. So don't ever underutilize your land base. That is such a waste. It's almost a sin. If you look at it in the context of preserving uh, uh, rural areas and so on, we need to be dealing with development in our urban containment boundaries carefully, sustainably, and fully. And that's what I refer to as ERD, or environmentally mm-hmm. responsible development. Okay. Well, because, you know, the cities or municipalities are always bumping into the situation where, of course, the neighbors have a vested interest because they live next door. Yes. And, you know, maybe if, if, it's, if it has been an underutilized piece of land, um, there's always the desire to keep it that way because it's been that way for years, right? Yes, it's a, it's a very, very natural feeling. But then, um, you know, I think you have to look in terms of uh, what year is it? It's 2019. So we shouldn't be thinking like it's 1990 anymore. Mm-hmm. So maybe in 1990 it was appropriate for that piece of land to be what it was and what it is. But in 2019, it's not appropriate for that land to stay as it is. The other thing you need to think about is it's important to hear from the neighbors, but it's more important to pay attention to your official community plan. And council should always be voting consistently with its OCP because the OCP represents what the municipality will become in the future in terms of land use, growth, development, and the quality of life that we can expect to achieve Mm -hmm. in the municipality. So whenever council votes against its own OCP, it's so confusing, you know, because the public has a right to rely on the OCP as a predictor of future growth, land use, and development. And it is a responsibility of the community to actually understand what that OCP is. Oh, it is, yeah. So in Victoria, I think we, well, we have a relatively new OCP, and I think they spent over a million dollars developing and preparing that OCP. It's a very good OCP. Yeah, the official community plan. The official yeah. community plan. Council should always pay attention to it, yeah. in my opinion. So uh, tell us more about Port Alberni. So what, uh, what happened there? So Port Alberni um, is, is very interesting. We, we approved a few subdivisions. We approved a few development permits. Uh, we wrote a cannabis retail policy for the zoning bylaw. We approved a few zone changes. And uh, we hired a new city planner, and we did all that in, in, a, in five months. Plus, we wrote this strategy called The Next 1,400 Days, which is all about growing Port Alberni uh, by introducing attainable housing, environmentally responsible development, and a conversation about the new city planning in Port Alberni. Hmm. Uh, attainable housing is an interesting topic. Because yes. Port Alberni, generally speaking, has been one of the most affordable real estate markets on the island, right? I would say, yes, absolutely. And if there's, if there's uh, 
let's say, investment opportunity, a rising tide of investment opportunity appears to be draining into the valley. Um, now, that's because the housing prices in Port Alberni are still very reasonable relative to land cost and rent ratios. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're seeing a lot of development and redevelopment interest coming into Port Alberni. Well, yeah, because it was a town that was thriving and then uh, yeah. all of a sudden uh, mill shut down, right? Mill shutdowns yeah. or mill reductions. And, you know, uh, places go through cycles in their, in their, in their lifetimes, in the, in, in the evolution. And uh, so I think Port Alberni is entering a new cycle. There, there are new opportunities. The economy in Port Alberni is changing. Mm-hmm. It is becoming a mixed economy. It's not a single, single employer place anymore. Milltown, yeah. Uh, yeah, Milltown as, as, as it was for, for the longest time. And uh, people are moving there for all sorts of reasons, and it's not just for jobs. Yeah. Because today, you know, people carry their jobs in this thing right here. The phone. You see my the cell phone? phone. Yes. Yeah, the smartphone. Like, that's that's where their job is. Yeah. So they can live anywhere. So they end up discovering Port Alberni, this beautiful place, yeah. centrally located on Vancouver. Coastal Island. town. Coastal town. Has a river running through it. Has trees, mountains. One hour away from, from Long Beach, you know, not too far away from, from, from larger centers, yeah. including Victoria. Wow. What well, because the, the price differential is significant. I would say the price differential is significant. I mean, you probably know more about that than I do, Tony, yeah. because you're well, we, in the so real we have had business. people we've had people move because it's there's been a flow. So we had the uh, lower mainlanders sell their you yeah. know their old junker for a million dollars. Yes, and move to Victoria, and then the Victorians move north. To, yes, they do. You know, either the Cowichan Valley or, or yeah. Comox Valley, and up yeah. to we've had Port Alberni uh, moves. Yeah. So um, the bang for the buck is there. The bang for the buck is there. And what seems to be happening is as prices rise in the Cowichan Valley and Nanaimo and Comox and, and, and Campbell River and even Cumberland, for heaven's sakes, is becoming mm-hmm. almost almost out of reach. Well, it seems that Port Alberni is becoming a whole lot more attractive Yeah. very, very quickly. Yeah. I've mentioned to you before, I, I spent some time, I lived in Port Alberni for a very short amount of time. Yes. I was doing some work up there, so I remember it well. I remember driving the, my car through the showers. That's when the mills were, were going, because this was back yes. in the late 80s, right? Um, but I, I did enjoy that town. It's a, it's a very beautiful place. Yeah. It's just the uh, physical location, the, just, just, just the natural elements of it. Yeah. It, is, it is a very beautiful piece of Vancouver Island. All right. Well, yeah. we're going to talk more about what, what you did because uh, we're, we're coming up to a break here shortly. But um, did you meet your objective in the time that you were there? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And and it, I guess it just it needed um, yourself and a team of experts to actually put this together, right? Well, really, I had I had two purposes when I went there. One was to keep the ship afloat, mm-hmm. which means keep those files being processed and and approved and so on. But then when I got there, this whole notion of the next fourteen hundred days was created in my head, which is all about a growth strategy for the next four years for Port Alberni. So. Just like everywhere else in BC, they had an election on October 20th. They have a new mayor and council, and this new mayor and council needs a strategy for the next four years. We actually prepared that strategy for them. We presented it to council on February 19th. They adopted or received the strategy on February 19th, 
and they're going to spend the next little while sort of implementing various aspects of that strategy, yeah. including updating their OCP. Wow. Well, so much more to talk about, but uh, we need to take a break. Uh, Joe, remind people, if they want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Uh, I am Molto Bene Enterprises, 250-589-8430, or Molto Bene at telus.com. Net. And we spell that. Motobeni again is... Uh, M-O-L-T-O-B-E-N-E at telus.net. Motobeni stands for very good. My company name is MBE, Motobeni Enterprises. Yes. Good As stuff. opposed to Molto Mali Enterprises, which means very bad. Okay. <laughs> we get learned some Italian today. Sure. Uh, thanks for joining us. Don't go anywhere because we're going to be having a conversation in a couple of moments uh, along with uh, Michael. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part every week by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager for Island Savings, Carrie Smith, home inspector from InspectTech, and the team at the Sitco Law Group for your real estate wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs. If you need an opinion from professionals in the areas of insurance, mortgages, building inspections, or legal aspects of your real estate purchase or sale, give these guys a call. Denise, Carrie, Carrie, and the Sitco Law Group are great people to chat with. They're very approachable. Be happy to talk with you. You can visit our the CFAX 1070 website and look under shows to find us. Their contact information is all there. Or you can always find me online or on social media. I would be happy to connect with you, connect you with them. Uh, having a conversation today about uh, developments, thoughtful planning uh, in communities, particularly, particularly uh, what has happened recently in Port Alberni. Uh, our next guest right now is Michael Nigren. He's the president and CEO of District Group. Uh, Michael, thanks for coming. Thank you. Pleasure. Yeah. So tell us about uh, who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, been a land developer builder for a couple decades now. Um, everything from shopping centers to industrial projects, generally in North America, Western North America. Um, I guess most notably is the last two years with District Group, um, which uh, which I started with my business partner, also a, well, I'm a Port Alberni native, given the topic we're talking about today, uh, as is my business partner who I work with. Oh, sorry, with you're for. a Port Alberni native? Absolutely. Okay. Born and raised. Yeah, yep. because you were based out of Vancouver. We are based out of Vancouver. Yeah. Um, but if, but uh, as District Group, so we, we've got a number of different projects that, that we're working on, um, primarily based in, in Western Canada and, and mostly in BC, um, but a very, very deliberate business plan to be outside of Vancouver proper. Okay. So, um, and we primarily focus on um, purpose-built rental. But we have lots of other things. There's a mastermind community going on, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, today in Port Alberni. Got some industrial projects, and we also have some some for-sale product that we build as well. But but that was the theory of, of, of branching off into this two years ago was purpose-built rental projects in markets outside of, of the lower mainland. Yeah. So that, that includes Port Alberni, Comox, Parksville, uh, a few in Nanaimo, uh, the Victoria area, we have four projects, probably a fifth soon. Okay. Um, Abbotsford, I guess we do have one in, 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 in the South Surrey area, so we, I guess we are in the lower mainland to some extent, but then uh, Cologne and Kamloops as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, lot, lots of apartment buildings. Yeah, because, so purpose-built rentals, and this is something that in Victoria anyways, for a good 20 or some odd years, it was is a phrase that we never heard because there were no purpose-built rentals. And yep. I, I guess we're, you know, you're based in Vancouver. It's going to be difficult to do purpose, uh, purpose-built rentals 
from the economic standpoint in Greater Vancouver, for instance, right? The, the, the key is concrete. When you get into concrete construction, it, it gets very hard. I, I would say except for a few, you know, maybe if you're prime, prime, prime town down Victoria, you might make it work. Yeah. Or prime, prime, prime downtown Vancouver, you might make it work. Uh, but everything we do is wood frame, four to six stories, yeah. um, modest density, modest height, but it, it has to be that cost equation to work. Yeah, because when you're talking steel and concrete, you're instantly increasing the uh, the build cost by 30% or something like that, right? At least, yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and, and rent doesn't change. Yeah, because you're getting yep. the same rent regardless of what you're spending there, right? Correct. Got it. Okay, so that's that's the Vancouver aspect. So then when you look at uh, uh, areas like what we're talking about right now, you were working uh, in, in Port Alberni. Um, obviously, there is a demand. So there is. Uh, the, there's a need for rental housing, right? I mean, I, I would say 20 years has probably been 40 years. It in just Port Alberni? Well, just as a general comment as far as, um, as, as building purpose-built rental housing as an asset class. It's just not... It's just not been there, okay. whether it's been through interest rates, whether it's been through uh, vacancy rates, or there's just being a demand for rental housing. But it's been an asset class has been largely neglected, I would say, even across Canada. Yeah. Um, and, and whenever asset classes get neglected, they tend to they tend to get unneglected in major markets like Vancouver or Victoria, which kicks the ball down the field for places like Port Alberni or Nanaimo or Kamloops or Kelowna, for example. So... Uh, yeah, when we when we roll into Port Alberni, and and both uh, Brandon Crema, my business partner, and I, our family still live in Port Alberni. We we visit there many months of the year, particularly the summertime. Let's go fishing. Uh, go fishing. Yeah. We head out of the lake. Yeah. Um, so so we you know, our ties to Port Alberni have always been close, and and even in previous life, we we did we did some commercial uh, development there uh, in, in our lives, being retail developers. Yeah. So very familiar with the market, and um, and we actually rolled into town just thinking, one day our parents are going to get old. There's no apartment buildings we'd ever sleep comfortably at night putting them in. Maybe we should just build a 50-unit building. We're kind of in that business. Let's go figure it out. And 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 the long story short is we end up buying our old high school, 23 acres of land in the middle wow. of the city with, with much with much more going on than yeah. just a 50-unit apartment you building. Bought your, old, your old high school. Yeah. That is surreal. Yeah, we almost had to. I mean, it was a trip down memory lane. It was nostalgia. We kind of – now, granted, the building wasn't there, but that that, that was okay. But it uh, – I think it was one of these things where, where you, you – you develop real estate projects in so many places, and, and you get a lot of perspective. And uh, but then you, you you're keenly aware of a place like Port Alberni, and, uh, and and an asset like that comes for sale. It it was we we couldn't we couldn't write the offer fast enough. Yeah. So tell us about it. Like what what's it going to be? Like what uh, what do you put in there? Yeah. So we so we um, so we purchased this land. Uh, I guess we we started the process with the city in kind of mid 2017. We ended up purchasing it late 2017. Uh, it's called Anderson Hill. Um, AndersonHill.ca, I guess is the website, and and it, it's effectively a master plan community. So we we having built all these asset classes uh, throughout our lifetime as, as developers, master planning large communities and you know e- even large transit oriented um, development sites, um, we put our master planning cap on. So you know I think we'll probably touch on this as as as, as we speak and, and and some of Joe's efforts. Um, Port, Portal Bernie's largely been ignored in, in lots of aspects of real estate because it, it's never had an impetus to, to be anything else. You, you move to Port Alberni, you own a single-family home. There's a few apartment buildings if you if you can't handle or don't want a single-family home. Effectively, what Anderson Hills to be is is, is 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 everything you could want in asset class. So there's, there's going to be purpose-built rentals there. There's going to be for-sale condominiums there. There is single-family lots there. Uh, and then there's going to be some mix of, of, uh, of, of rancher-oriented duplex or single family homes in, in a strata 
environment or, or even a rental environment for downsizers. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and, 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 and the beautiful thing about buying a 23-acre piece of land in the middle of the city is it's serviced at every corner, and so we can effectively start building each one of these things in the corner, and where things meet in the middle will, will be a function of demand as, as we work through it, which we can take some time doing. So, so tell us about the process of how it's been like going uh, through the development process in Port Alberni, because of course this is something that comes up all the time here in Little does, Victoria, yeah. right? Oh, and, and, and we're experiencing it with our Victoria projects here. And I, I mean, that, that being said, I think we're, we've been treated very well in Victoria, but this is very different. Okay. And Joe and I were, were speaking on our, on our way here. And, and I mean, as a general comment, the process in Port Alberni is, is, is a dream. And, and, and it sort of always has been. Um, we, I think we moved through our initial OCP amendment for the, for the project in under three months. Okay. Uh, we've done a couple subsequent zonings to that, which have maybe been a couple months. Um, our 15-lot subdivision, which is, I think it's the, the road's getting paved today, so it's done, took maybe three months. I mean, these are these are Ferrari-paced <laughs> time. times compared to the jalopy that is the normal uh, municipal process. Yeah. And again, we, we, do, we do business in so many other places and have done business in so many places that, again, to, to have that perspective is... Uh, Something that we we can we can speak very strongly about that uh, a, a big competitive advantage to Port Alberni and, and and hopefully that's something that gets maintained as they become a bit more sophisticated as as real estate there picks up and the different classes of real estate pick up that 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 speed of service is something that's uh, and it would be because they want they want to stimulate development they want these things to happen they, obviously it increases their tax base as well too right it does yeah I mean there's housing need. Yep. Across all fronts, uh, which we're you know, one one group of many that are trying to address in, in town, and unfortunately we have some scale. Um, but yeah, I think if if you're Port Alberni, you know the evolution of a city, I, I sort of equate to you know there, there's where you're, you're a crying infant, which I would call the Wild West, where basically you can build anything. There's really no regulations. It's the speed that you can do it, and and the guys out there doing it are, are just there because they sense demand and they're filling it. And there's no design regulations. There's barely roads or services you just figured out. And yep. then I would say on the opposite end of the spectrum, you, you become the the, the ornery elderly person where is the equivalent of throwing 25 panels in front of actually making real decisions to get people going. Yeah. Port Alberni is not an infant, but it's definitely growing up. And I think in, in growing up, um, you have to become a bit more sophisticated. You can demand better of the development community, and you should. Yeah. But it all has to be with the eye that there is a balance that, that if, if it starts getting too onerous or too time-consuming, that that competitive advantage relative to other municipalities and we deal in a lot of them goes away yeah. and, and and i think it's it's, it's a hugely important part of it. but the same hand it shouldn't be at the expense of good planning well you know what uh great time for a break because we want to talk more about that uh shortly afterwards uh michael nigren if people need to reach you what's the best way for them to do that um so we're, we're district group so districtgroup.ca yep. i believe uh we have general email that's probably the best it's info at districtgroup.ca exactly great. as it sounds and uh, our office mainline 604 322-5762. Perfect. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're talking about redevelopment, specifically what has happened recently in Port Alberni. Our guests are Joe Kalenda with Moto Benny. Uh, Multi-Benny Enterprises, Enterprises yeah. right, MBE, and also Michael Nigren. He's the president and CEO of District Group based in Vancouver. Um, however, Michael happens to be a um, Port Alberni born and raised uh, yep. um, 
uh, and you bought your school. I think that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not something you get to tell people every day. Oh yeah, yeah for yeah. sure, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so just before the break, we were talking about um, how Port Alberni has made uh, the, dealing with Port Alberni has been easy. So. I don't, you didn't use the word easy, but um, uh, you're in Vancouver, so I know yep. that Vancouver often is a two-year turnaround just for a uh, like a renovation of somebody's house. So uh, yeah, it's, it's it's in a lot of situations I think it's prohibitive, right? I heard a story recently about um, uh, a guy two blocks away from our office building. It was sort of a bit of an industrial area in South Vancouver that needed to uh, to add um, some racking. They need a building permit. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think six or eight months later, just had to build it. You just, he had to store stuff and had to carry on and had to deal with the consequences of doing that without a permit. Just got, it, it does have real impacts on being able to function as, as me as a developer, but even, mm-hmm. even just, even just running businesses, it, it, long time frames are, they, they, they complicate everything. Yeah. And then on the other side, we've had Mayor Stu Young here on our show mm-hmm. talking about the, it's not even a seven day turnaround. They, they, they do it like in 24 hours or something like that. Yeah, for building permits or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, if you're if you're properly pre-zoned and so on, it's not a really big deal. Yeah. To get a building permit, you know, um, you either conform with the building code or you don't, and it's as simple as that, you know. Well, and I guess that's another uh, aspect about a newer community is because uh, it's not like having to take things down and to to rezone and make significant changes, right? Right. Although this newer community, I know council. And Mayor Young have been working on this newer community for 25 since years. about 1995. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, they've done an excellent job. Yeah. Langford is terrific. For sure. Yeah. All right, so um, let's just shift back to uh, to Port Alberni because where I want to get to at the end of this conversation with you guys here is what are the things that that we as Victorians can learn from what you guys just went through in Port Alberni that, that could potentially be uh, um, brought into our region here? You know, what are the things that, that listeners, uh, maybe concerned citizens, uh, maybe even uh, uh, council members or, or mayors and council, what could they learn from, from what happened? You know, one of the things that we have here in the CRD is extensive citizen engagement. And I think we do it to a fault. And, and uh, um, it's, it's, it's really quite serious because um, having all of this engagement doesn't necessarily result in better city planning. In fact, it often results in poor city planning. Uh, in Port Alberni, they have an advisory planning committee, which which makes recommendation to council. Well, oh, by they, the way, so the the Port Alberni community is what is it? It's like uh, eighteen thousand or something. Or? Uh, Port Alberni is about eighteen thousand. Okay. With seven thousand folks in the hinterland. Okay. So let's say twenty-five thousand, uh, generally speaking. You know, okay. located on central Vancouver Island. Got it. And uh, so in Port Alberni, we do have an advisory planning commission which makes recommendations to council. We have council, and we have the legislative public hearing processes. And that's, that's the extent of the public engagement or the citizen engagement. And that's actually relatively effective when you think about what city planning is all about. Um, whereas in Saanich and Victoria, uh, we have Calooks and community associations and so on. And I know with uh, one of my files in Saanich, I have to actually meet with the community association three times before they will comment on my application to staff at City Hall. Because there's a number of different touches. Yeah, there, there's a number of different touches. And um, it, it's, it's sort of onerous, and it actually lengthens the time it takes to get anything approved. And in, in the development game, in the city planning game, 
in the in the in the city growth game, time is money. We have to really pay attention to that. So I think one of the things we can learn from Port Alberni is to streamline our citizen engagement so it becomes more effective and useful to the city planning process and to the council decision making process. Yeah, streamline. That's the the key. Streamline, yeah. Yeah. Oh goodness, uh, Michael. Uh, well, yeah, anyway, this, this is a topic we could go on for hours okay. uh, about in my life, but but yeah. I think if you know a few key points, and and you know, I think Joe Joe's hit a number of them, but you know there's there's two sides to to you know the things that someone like uh, I go through every day, and you know, it's very easy for the development community to say, oh, the the city's onerous and and they're tough and it's time consuming and all these other things, but. You know, there is there is something that we're very conscious of that, that that there is there is an onus on us to do a good job. There's an onus on us to communicate properly. There's an onus on us to 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 propose and build appropriate things in certain areas and and to to engage with the public in in, in effective ways and solve the problems we can and communicate the, the 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 things that we can't solve for whatever the reason might be. Um, you know, we we have projects in Victoria and 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 they're complicated projects and and they're in very active neighborhoods where people take. A, a lot of interest and a lot of care what's going on um and i mean just by that nature and to my previous point as a city gets bigger and a bit more sophisticated the processes um by design like they're going to get a, a, a bit more onerous can, can they can they be streamlined all, always and 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 um but but i do think that you know all we would ask for going into a place is we're going to commit to doing a good job we're going to commit to designing and developing proposing something that's appropriate mm-hmm. we're going to communicate but in return for that, we expect decisions to be made quickly and to move through the process quickly. And and that just gets tough sometimes. And and, and a lot of times it's just o- over years, they just kind of get into a rhythm where that doesn't happen. And it, the extra complication here, of course, is the fact that we've got 13 distinct municipalities, right? So the ones that you're working on here in town, which municipality? Uh, we're, we're in Colwood. Okay. Um, uh, two actually within the city of Victoria and one in Sydney. Okay. I had uh, Mayor um, uh, Rob Martin uh, here yes. uh, a couple weeks ago, which uh, I I heard a snippet of. I, I uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but an interesting conversation, from what I understand. Well, yeah, and and you know what? He's another great example. They're open for business. Like they they want to do more develop. They want to increase their tax base. Like they uh, they need more commercial space in Colwood, right? And uh, they're ready to go. And actually, it's it's very interesting. Our 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 experience in Colwood was 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 along those lines. That you know, there, there's been some senior staff changes. They had some uh, council and mayor changes uh, that happened in the fall, and um, it, it was a bunch of these things that that there it was local contacts here that sort of raised that to our ire. Yeah. And in a very short period of time, we we now own a piece of land there. So I mean, that those things do make a difference to people like me. That 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 I mean, we effectively on one side are are raising capital and creating investment. Uh, equations for for our investors that that we think are are, are risk adjusted good things to do, and on the flip side, you know we we've got a we make commitments over here and we like to deliver on those commitments on the other side of things and and, and the municipal process has a, has a big big impact on whether we're able to do that and at the end of the day it's it's um, solving commercial need or, or housing need at the same time yeah. um, taking good care of the investment dollars coming to your town. So well, so the need is is a big one so, and, and again Colwood's identified. It needs uh, uh, commercial, right? Um, and Port Alberni. So obviously the need was there because you know going back to to what you're doing there with purpose built uh, rentals. I mean one, 
<coughs> one assumes, I guess, that Port Alberni real estate has been cheap enough. You get a lot of house in Port Alberni for three hundred thirty thousand dollars. You yes, certainly right? do. Yeah. Um, so one assumes, and and that's what affordability is for for many's definition, right? You know, that's an affordable house. Yes. And uh, if houses, if homes are so affordable in Port Alberni, why why is the need for rental housing? But yet it still exists, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll, yeah, I, I think, I think you have here. to make a distinction between affordable housing and attainable housing. Ah, yes. And so affordable housing, federal government definition, is housing that costs you no more than 30% of your gross family income mm-hmm. to own or rent, you know. So depending on what the, what the, what the gross family income average is in the community and depending on the price of single-family houses in a community, that will determine how affordable it is under the federal definition. Mm-hmm. But in terms of where communities ought to be going in the future, we should be focusing on attainable housing. Mm-hmm. And I define attainable housing as townhouses, condominiums, and single-family houses with mortgage helpers. Yeah. Mortgage helper includes a carriage house, a laneway house, a legal second suite, and so on. Those kinds of single-family houses are affordable to a larger part of the population than just a single-family house on a 10,000-square-foot lot. Yeah. Hardly anyone can afford that. Well, today. and going back to, to Michael's uh, market area, I mean, again, you're in Vancouver. This is something that's very common. It's the, it's the laneway housing, oh. you know, with the suite. That's how people are able to afford. That's the attainability, right? That's, that's the it. attainability right there. Yeah, there's 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 not a lot of single family neighborhoods in the Lower Mainland. You you don't drive through where um, parking's a big issue. There's just cars and cars and cars everywhere, and that's exactly what's what's happened. Is the the carriage house is rented out, the basement's rented out, yeah. and um, you know, and, and and Joel appreciate this is that to, to to do that properly, you need to consider things like parking so that the, the neighborhood remains livable while it's attainable and, and affordable, and having those options. To to your to your previous question about you know. Port Alberni is inherently affordable. Why, why do you build anything there other than a single-family home? That, that's what everybody wants mm-hmm. is the white picket fence and then a single-family home. And, and we're finding that's, that's not the case. There, there, the, the, there's, there's demographic trends changing on, on both sides of things. Young, younger people deferring home ownership, um, and whether that's the ability to be a bit more aloof as far as where they live and what jobs they do uh, and things like that to rent. Um, and and, and on, on the other side of the spectrum, you know, it's, it's not... It's not getting to the point where people can't handle their homes from a physical perspective that they're moving out of them. It's a lifestyle thing. Yeah. They like don't want to spend all day doing the lawn or something, I, right? It, or, I'd exactly. argue that. Or I, I, want, uh, I want a strata rancher duplex home because I spend six months of the year in Port Alberni. The weather's good. I can fish. My family's here. But then I can lock the door, and I can hop in my RV or my trailer, and I can go down south. I can travel around. And... They're literally locking the door. They don't have to mow the lawn. They don't have to clean the gutters. So, so there, there, there's, there's a very, very big demographic and lifestyle decision mm-hmm. that goes way beyond the, the economic consideration of, of that. When we did our awareness campaign for Anderson Hill, we sort of thought, well, these 15 single-family lots, which is kind of all we were going to do, they'll, they'll, just, they'll just blow them out. Everybody wants a single-family house. And, and a lot of people that initially expressed interest to us when we came down to brass tacks, a large number of people said, "You know what? Like we're we're actually getting on in age. We'd maybe prefer a townhome or a a condo when you're ready to sell it, which surprised us greatly. Mm-hmm. So it, it it and because we have a large piece of land, we have a great municipality that's given us reasonably flexible planning uh, policy for the site. We we can react to those things in, in in ways that we didn't necessarily anticipate we would initially. Yeah. So there you go. That's that's market. That's that's a show of market demand, right? Yeah." And, 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 and again, a key to, you know, so, so if, if you imagine having that same circumstance in, uh, 
I'll say a, a municipality like like Victoria or or Vancouver. I won't pick on Victoria. You know, <laughs> lots going on here, and they're great people. Um, but Vancouver, per se, and and it, to to react to that change in market drive, you can't you can't react to it fast. Enough. It'd be like an eight year turnaround. It, or something it, like that. Exactly. So yeah. so that lag of sort of going out there and saying, okay, we think you want this, and it turns out they want that. Well, getting from this to that is 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 is, is a lot of times prohibitively complicated. You kind of got to ride out what you've what you've been put on the table so it um and again that municipalities can set that up without demanding less from guys like me to build great stuff but can still turn it around quickly so that they they also can capture um that market demand and and, and be successful as a municipality attracting oh, amazing people. well guys thanks very much for coming on the show and there's just there's so much to learn about this people need to understand that there's other marketplaces and how other cities do things right uh, michael people need to reach you again uh, info at districtgroup.ca yep. uh, and our head office number is 604-322-5762. Yeah, and Joe? Uh, 250-589-8430. It's multovene at telus.net. And one closing comment, just remember, it's not about development. It's about city planning. And when it's about city planning, it's all about the OCP. Pay attention to your OCP. That's where the gold is. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for coming, guys. And to the rest of our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week.